Ladies and gentlemen, we are lucky enough to be joined here now by the man himself from Shimizu S Pulse, uh, striker Mitchell Duke. Mitchell, how are you going? Yeah, not too bad, boys. How are you guys? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. Not bad. Well, mate, as, as, we, as we're just saying, thank you very much for coming on. Um, it does make this a whole lot more interesting, uh, more than just four guys yeah, uh, uh, talk, talking about football. It does make it a whole lot better. So, mate, thank you very much for making the time. Uh, to, to have a chat today. We are a man short. Uh, Stefan wanted to be here today, but uh, he does apologise. Uh, he's away with his own football game, but he did have a question, so I guess it's probably and it's probably the, the right way to start, actually, and it's um, it comes back to your youth, and uh, we understand that you spent a lot of time with the, uh, the Australasian Soccer Academy. Uh, so the question that... Um, that Stefan had is, you know, coming through the academy under Tony Bash, who has had, who has had great success, you know, over the years, obviously uh, coaching uh, boys like yourself and uh, up your Kubi. And, you know, there's a few boys now that are having great success through the MPL system. He just wants to know how has someone like Tony shaped your career and how important is it having, you know, that sort of the care that he brings and, you know, the, you know, the, the care to develop your game. How much is that? How important is that uh, in today's game, for, especially in Australia? Yeah, I think uh, I think one of the most important things that Tony gave to me was uh, belief and confidence at, uh, at a young age where I was actually struggling at club level and I was told pretty much by my two previous coaches at Blacktown and Parramatta Eagles that I was pretty much never going to be good enough. I couldn't really read the game and I was too small and, and everything like that. So... And I was only pretty much a kind of like a bench player, pretty much just coming off in the last 10 minutes of the game okay. here and there. And he, he, he watched me at one of my Parramatta Eagles games when I was about 13 or 14. And yeah, I couldn't understand why I was only playing 10 minutes and gave me a little little chance at his academy and pretty much just said, he goes, mate, you're a great player, this, that, and kind of just sort of, just from his little belief and, and kind of saying that to me, like made me want to give him a chance and uh, it just worked out really well I ended up spending oof, 10 plus years with him um, yeah well and pretty much just just kind of fed from there I think at that that young age he kind of kept me loving the game you know at, at a young age when you get told that you're not good enough and you're never going to make it like already at that age it kind of hurts you and it hits you pretty deep and you know it can make you kind of be like not resent the game but kind of turn off it a little bit and being like oh well if they're like if it's coming from the top from the head coach saying i'm not going to make it yeah it's kind of yeah it's not very good for your confidence but then he came along and and really just it just went on from there really and then uh, that also that extra training and all the development stuff that he does with his academy obviously just helped improve my my ability and, and development skills from then on and I think for me, it was more the mental part that he kind of helped me along. And it just, yeah, like I said, it just grew from there. 
For sure. Feeding off that, do you reckon that's been, you know, now, you know, looking back, you know, players that you've played with, I guess people almost, you know, a lot of people I, I've seen at Boys say, you know, people fall out of, out of love for the game. Do you reckon that was almost one of the most important things besides working on your game? Yeah, definitely. Um, I saw, like, going through the NPL ranks uh, through the teen, through my teenage years, I saw a lot of players that I, I thought and a lot of other people thought were, well, definitely a lot better than what I, I was doing at that time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was, I was a bit of a late bloomer as well because um, I was short pretty much until 16 and then I started to kind of hit my strides with my growing and everything like that. So I caught up to him then. But, yeah, I saw quite a lot of players that were really, really good ability and I thought they were going to make it and they, you know, they got distracted in other parts of the world like with girls yep. and parties and, and all kinds of stuff as well and, and yeah, it just kind of, they just got, I guess, distracted and, and kind of... Lost their way. To the wayside, yeah. Yeah, so, but um, like I said, uh, I, I've seen it many times as well and from coaches saying that you're not good enough and then... My little brother, for example, was told that, and he pretty much just binned the game straight away, and yeah, well, got in, turned into a bit of a gym junkie, and then <laughs> just like just just turned off football from that. So it's yeah, it's it's quite it's quite brutal sometimes, and you know, people like Tony, they're important to, to give you that belief. You know, sometimes it's not enough just kind of hearing it from your parents. You want to kind of hear it from someone else in the football world. Definitely. So yeah, it's been yeah. been been interesting. No, for sure. Well, mate. Um, moving forward, you know, um, we will we will talk about uh, the Mariners shortly. But moving in, you know, you moved over to Japan, and just you know, it might seem like a bit of a almost a bit of a stupid question. But after rupturing your ACL, what do you reckon was the like the hardest part about that whole experience? Uh, was it was it the mental to get back? Was it the mental to get going again? Where did yeah? Where was definitely the hardest part for that for you? What, what was that? Sorry, is that after 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 your knee injury? Uh, yeah, after my knee injury, oh, it was, uh, yeah, well, it was, it was like my first pretty much injury altogether as well, and it had to be a pretty serious one, yeah. so mentally, mentally, it definitely uh, was a bit of a struggle, because um, it put me up pretty much the whole season, I'd only played seven games that year, um, and then I was pretty much done for that season, so <laughs> mentally, I was quite... I was quite hit hard, but lucky enough, the club the club treated me really well, and I was able to go go home for big big chunks, oh, big fantastic. chunks of time um, to do my rehab, and, and you know I did my surgery back home in Australia, and I was back home for about six weeks then, yep. and then another three months later, I was able to go back to Australia and continue another four weeks or so of rehab, which kind of helped me mentally, kind of being around. First of all, people that I can speak to, <laughs> um, yeah. and not have not have to need a translator. Uh, you know, and just be close to family and friends to kind of help you through, you know, when you do go through those tough mental times, you know, where you need you need to just see see familiar faces and it just helps you get through those times. Um, so lucky enough, the club the club had treated me so well in that in that regard. They didn't have to do that, but, you know, they, they understood that, you know, I'm a foreigner in, in Japan and, you know, it's to be close to the family will be a lot more important and, and help me through this time. And uh, I'll tell you what, it did make a big difference because I don't know if it would have been the same experience if I just stayed in Japan the whole time. Because yeah, for sure, a lot harder. You, you, you're very much on your own over here. So No, definitely. Well, talking about uh, talking about Japan now in the J-League, um, you know, now you, you've spent, you know, you spent a few years there. Now, how do you compare the demands of the J-League to the A-League? And uh, in terms of your own game, what sort of parts did you have to improve? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm, I'm on my 
fourth year over here now, so yep. I've, I've been here for I've been here longer in my career than I was in the A League. So yep. I've, yeah, yeah. I've, I've kept track of the A League. I don't know, you know, it looks like it's still a decent level and everything like that. But just yeah, when I first came to to Japan, especially coming from the Mariners, who obviously don't have the biggest budget, it kind of was a shock to the system to kind of see, you know, the endless facilities and and, and quite a lot of money thrown into into the football world here. Um, and then obviously going on that just with relegation, you know, there's obviously that added pressure where they, you know, they expect you to pretty much perform it week in, week out and you, you can't afford to lose. You can't No off days. You know, you can, yeah, you can't afford to have an off, off day and, you know, drop any points in, in game. So, you know, every game that goes by, there's obviously that added pressure. Um, and also just with that as well, you know, personally, when I came here from the A-League, I was pretty much chasing shadows for the first six weeks I was, quite, I was quite hit by the technical ability of these guys over here you know in the small side of games and, and and things like that where they're just so technically on point you know you, you're chasing shadows because they very rarely make you know those unforced errors they're just so on point every time they get the ball with their one two touches and you know stuff like that has been a big eye-opener over here and a big thing that I had to improve on because I think in the A-League I was able to get away with it a little bit because I felt like I had probably a bit more time than I did here in Japan Yep, like on the ball um, and that was already a side I wanted to work on anyway because I know when my back was turned to play as a striker in the A-League my touches still weren't at a good enough at a good enough level where I wanted it to be anyway and, and where it should be um, but so I had to improve on that pretty quickly because you know you, you, I feel like you got less time over here in the J League, um, you know, and and how the style they want you to play, you have to be quite quick on the ball, you know, quick thinking, quick touches, and very very precise on the ball. So the the first six weeks, like I said, I, I probably struggled the most. Um, but lucky enough, I kind of adapted quite well and quite quick. And I think with my physical ability, it kind of helped me by because. Yep. That's probably one thing that I have maybe edged over most of the Japanese players here, which is my physical presence and my power and my direct kind of play, um, where they're a bit different styles. I think that's why I've kind of survived as long as I have as well, because I'm not just like what the Japanese can do. I've I've got a bit of a difference. Yeah, for sure, because they're very, um, it's very like, nimble they're all very quick and well from what it seems watching you know it's a very quick slick sort of league um so i guess having that 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 added uh positive side to your game is a massive massive gain so so like my the way i the way i play kind of kind of helps me give that different different aspect to the team where you know if they look for a bit of you know power energy direct because you know they, they love to keep the ball they love to play and but sometimes they overplay, you know. They do yeah. many times, and you know when I get the when I get the ball, I kind of I always have in my head. I really want to kind of just keep attacking and kind of you know, and they love that. So yeah, just different, just a different edge. Yeah, awesome, mate. Well, look, I've got one last question before I pass over to Oliver. And uh, mate, just um, you know, just one thing I'm interested to know. Growing up, uh, who was the uh, the one player that you uh, you tried to emulate yourself off in in terms of Australian football? Was there anyone in Australian football? Uh, was it like you know you've a Duke as Harry Kules, um, or was there someone overseas that you know you grew up almost trying to emulate? Yeah, I think uh, like from the Socceroos side of things, it was definitely um, a mixture between the Harry Kule and the Viduka. Yep. Uh, you know, 
the Viduka style of play is is definitely not like mine. Yeah, um, but I, I, I wanted to add his his kind of play to my game, like growing up. Yeah, because obviously I wanted to be a striker. So, uh, but that's one thing I actually haven't been here so, since I've been in Japan the last four years. I've actually been a winger, an out and out winger. Right. Okay. Yeah, so I wouldn't classify myself as a striker anymore. Okay. Um, yeah, like I've because I, I I noticed that you had mentioned that I was uh, you know as shit like uh, established. Yeah, striker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daily, no, league striker. And uh, yeah. it's funny that obviously a lot of a lot of people that maybe haven't haven't watched me play too many games over here. They they and they just kind of had that memory of me back in the A League yeah. as a striker, which I have. I've probably played striker a handful of times over here in Japan. So, but more or less on the wing. Yeah, I'm pretty much been an out and out left side winger. So okay. Oh, how how do you, how do you find that? How did you find that change? In my last season at the Mariners, I was actually getting a bit rotated in and out of striker yep. and winger as well. So it was quite a seamless transition for me, really, when oh, I got okay. put out wide. And I actually quite liked it because I was able to—I I was facing forward a lot more with the ball. Yeah, instead of your back to goal, no one was behind you. Yeah, so it was, it was, it's been a, a nice kind of change where, you know, and you kind of get the ball a lot more. Sometimes when you're a striker, if it's a tough game, you know, you can be caught out Start, yeah. just battling for the ball or just ch- chasing long balls and you know when, when it's those kinds of games and uh, when you're a winger you actually are a bit more involved you know and you, you, you play a bigger part in the build up and the possession kind of thing as well so for sure I've, I've, I've enjoyed it because you know you get, you get more of the ball so um, and yeah I've been, I've, I've been doing well and uh, like I said I've, I've survived over here quite long and uh, it's not easy I've also survived four coaches um, bloody hell my time over here yeah, so there's, like I said, it's it's ruthless when they, you know, when when relegation's involved, you know, if you're not getting results, you know, people have to yeah part ways <laughs> have to, have to be gone. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm on my fourth fourth coach in my fourth year, so yeah, bloody hell. Oh, well, you must be doing something right. So, um, but no, mate, that's 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 great. Well, look, I'll pass over to Ollie now. I know he's got a few questions, so I'll uh, I'll leave you in his hands. Yeah, Mitch, I guess yeah, from. No worries, mate. From my perspective, Mitch, I, w- I was more curious to find out, you know, as a footballer, you, you know, you are an individual and it's it's your name on the back of the shirt, really. But but I'm sure there are a lot of ple- people that had a significant contribution to your career. You know, who had a positive impact in, in your life and, and who do you owe a lot to? I mean, you touched on Tony Basher and, and what he did for you as a, as a young kid. Um, is there any other teammates that you worked with, family and friends that, um, you know, that played a big role in, in where you are now? Yeah, um... Well, yeah. Other than other than Tony Basher, obviously, and you know, you can't go. You can never go past your parents. Um, you know, my mum and dad made a special amount of time for me. Um, you know, I'm one of nine kids. Um, oh wow! And yeah, and uh, they they made a lot of a lot of sacrifices to get me. I was training pretty much five times a week from when I was twelve, all through until I made the A League, pretty much. So you know, for, to to kind of make put that time aside for one for one child out of nine is not easy <laughs> so um you know credit to them you know making so many so many sacrifices and to also put so much money into to what i've done um you know and also lucky enough uh, jim fraser um i'm sure you've you've heard his name um he's been a national team goalkeeper back in his back in his time 
he was with Sydney FC, goalkeeper coach and all that. He also had a bit of a goalkeeper slash striker academy going a yep. little bit in, in Blacktown area. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a period where I kind of lost my confidence in front of goal. Um, after my first year in the A-League, I, I had such a great, great first year. And, you know, I got the got Socceroos and everything after that season. And then the, the following year, I, I kind of had the first few games, I kind of, I don't know, I had quite a few chances. I hit the bar, the keeper saved the penalty. You know, I kind of lost a bit of confidence in that period. And, yep. uh, you know, I looked, I looked to Jimmy to go to his, his goalkeeper academy to kind of do a bit of extra work and try and get that confidence back. And, uh, you know, these little things where people made time for me to kind of give me that extra bit of work, you know, mm-hmm. the, all these little things made a big difference for me. Yeah, for sure. Well, I guess, um, you know, moving over to Japan, you've been there for, for a few years now, um, you know, that country has a lot of different beliefs and, and culture norms. You know, what's been the hardest part of the transition in terms of adapting to the lifestyle? And, and I guess, what do you miss most about home? I think uh, pretty much what you just said, the overall lifestyle is such a difference here compared to what I was used to. You know, I was with the A-League, Central Coast Mariners, on the beach, <laughs> nice cafes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, tra- the training regime wasn't as, as brutal as it is here. Mm-hmm. You know, just the overall lifestyle was, was just uh, a lot more relaxed, a lot more, I'd say, I'd say enjoyable because, you know, that's what I've been used to. I, I love the beach. Yeah. I love the knife cafes. I love coffee. Like It's the Aussie know, lifestyle. Yeah, that, yeah, just that lifestyle where over here it's just completely different. Um, you know, they're very much workaholics over here. Yep. Um, you, can, you, can never, you can never do enough work. Um, in, in all aspects of life, whether it be football or normal work. Um, and, you know, they're just very family orientated as well. They don't really go out and about as much as probably what would do in Australia and, and stuff like that. And I don't have, you know, those cafes where I can just go chill out um, after football. And, uh, yeah, so it's been it's been tough. Obviously, the language barrier as well doesn't help. Um, you know, I've, I've kind of have been you- a bit lazy with it, to be fair. Yeah. I haven't really tried to learn it as, as I should have probably because I didn't, I didn't think I actually was going to probably be here as long as I am yep so I, I never kind of fully committed to learning the language and now I'm three and a half years in I kind of regret it because <laughs> <laughs> it would, I think it would make life a lot easier over here yeah for sure for sure because you know, like, like in my city especially uh, it's not a major city like it is Tokyo Osaka Nagoya you know Hiroshima where they're at you know, you, you can be lucky enough to find foreigners and a bit of English speaking where my city is very much, you'd be lucky to get a few words out in English. Yeah, wow. I mean, that must be difficult so, for, for your family as well, you know, being, yeah. being right in the middle of it all. Um, yeah, well, that's really interesting. How often do you do you visit back home? I mean, during the off-season, do you come over or is your schedule too too heavy over there? Yeah, it's been it's been tough, you know. Like you know, you live you live obviously in Japan for the whole year, and then you know you look forward to a holiday break, and then I find myself kind of going back to Australia, and then it's not as much as a holiday as you'd like it because you're bouncing around catching up with all the people you didn't see through the year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do pretty much visit every time I get a chance to, and lucky enough, I had the World Cup break. I, I pretty much went back to Australia for the whole two weeks that we got given off, and. Uh, which has been a nice mid-season break during those international periods and stuff like that. So I, I do obviously get those chances to just pretty much go back home, but I think my next holiday is going to be uh, very selfish, just my personal family's holiday. Yeah. 
got to got to enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> probably probably well deserved. Yeah. Yeah, how how are the, how are the beaches there in Japan just quietly? If there's any at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, for for me like I'm I'm actually on the coastal line where Shizuoka is with my with my city. Yeah, but it's actually you can't swim in the beach because this beach here anyway. Uh, they've pretty much got all the tsunami blocks in there. Oh wow! Um, yeah, like it's 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 a quite a picture to see. Really, it's you kind of driving past where you think if this was Australia, it'd be an, a beautiful yellow sandy beach. Yeah, for sure, um, terrible beach. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, instead it's it's all pretty much just rocks and then huge tsunami blocks kind of blocking it off. Bloody hell. Uh, um, where I am anyway, you ha- I have to do a probably about a good two-hour drive to get a decent kind of beach, but, you know, still, that's, that's nowhere near the level of Aussie beaches. Nah, mm-hmm. for sure, yeah. No, missed- Sorry, Ollie, go on. No, you're right. Yeah, I guess one last question before we, we move into the fan questions, Mitch. Uh, you, you did win the A-League title in, in 2012 with the Mariners. Would you say this is the standout moment in your career or is this something else, um, you know, throughout your career that you've held close to your heart? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, obviously, as a professional footballer, you want to win trophies and you want to win titles. And, you know, that's kind of what you look back on with those, you know, those achievements. Um, I'd say, say that also getting obviously my national team, my first national team call up, uh, you know, playing against Brazil with the national team. And then to be fair, I'm, I'm you know, it's not really a, a title or anything like that, but, you know, surviving over here for four, four years in a tough league and, mm. And the transition of four coaches as well, I'm quite proud of that as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, sure, the, I'm sure. I'd have to say the A-League, A-League title would definitely be the standout in my career for now. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure like it's a feat in itself, surviving relegation and, and the mental battle as well as physical battle that you have to go through to actually achieve it. Yeah, like I said, uh, you know, you have to perform every week, otherwise you're so easily replaced over here. Um, you know, what compared to an A-League club where you have 20, a squad of 23, 24 players, my, my squad numbers here at the moment are 35. Oh, wow. You know, so you're not just battling out with, you know, a couple people in your position. Like, there's pretty much like four or five players in each position that you're fighting with. Mm. And, you know, they're not, and they're, they're all top quality. So you've got to kind of, you know, every, every day in training, it's almost like the intensity of a game every day. So it's, it's quite brutal. But, mm. um, yeah, and to survive four coaches is obviously not easy as well. You see so many people kind of, you know, end up back in Australia because of the, a rotation of the coaches or you know something like that with, during their contract and uh, you know I've been lucky enough to survive <laughs> yeah oh well, th- thank, thanks so much for sharing that it's it's really interesting to get insights from from you know one of the top players in, in the in the top league in Japan over there I mean Espo did you want to um, introduce a few of the fan questions yeah mate yeah look we'll just um, we'll just got a couple here just short ones um, look I guess uh, this is this comes from Jordan Haber in Sydney and uh, Mitch, I guess the uh, you know obviously a big uh, a big thing for I guess any player now that's you know play you know it's not their first season you know playing professional football and they've been around and that is to of course represent their national team and I know you have done it before, um, but you know looking now you know moving in, especially now more than ever you know moving into a new coach Graham Arnold you know moving on uh, to the new era and everything you know I I I, um, I can only assume that it's you know a big a big goal for you. But on a on a personal side, you know, as I as I said the other day to our Danny Vukovic, you know, he, you probably are your 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 harshest critic 
you know, after games, regardless if you've won or lost. But for yourself, what do you personally think you'll, you have to do and have to continue to do, or if you're already doing it, to, uh, to push uh, for a spot and get yourself back on the radar? For me, um, like I said, when I first came over here, my mentality was to pretty much just play, play game time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I've been doing that now for the three and a half years I've been here. But it's about, I feel like to, to push me over the edge and kind of get me that bit more recognition, a bit more of a chance into the national team, I think is is about the stats, really, is about getting yeah. goals and assists. Um, you know, like I said, I don't. I don't know how many people still think I'm a striker, which I'm, I'm not. So for me now, it's more about the assists where, you know, goal, goals are kind of secondary in my mind at the moment. I've, I've kind of wanted to be, you know, I want, I want to go out every game. I want to be able to assist. I want to get, I, I want to get those assists. And yep. I feel like when I get those chances on goal, it's, it's obviously I've got to make sure I add, add my tally to the goals as well. Um, but for me, it's a, it's about creating the chances, and then obviously, you know, if I get chances created for me, is to is to punish it, and uh, that's been a, a side of my game that obviously I haven't really been doing much of, especially yep. on the goal side of things um, over here. Uh, so that's that's I think what would help obviously get me that recognition, you know, push me over the line with getting a soccerers call up, because obviously that's one thing is which is lacking in the national team as well is like scoring goals from open play as, <laughs> as you can yeah. see. Um, yeah. You know, and for me, like I said, uh, I got an assist last night in, in last night's game. So I've I kind of have that mindset. I want to kind of every game I go out there, I want to get an assist or a goal. Yeah. Um, so you know, well, I guess I've been having a... that. Sorry, go on. Yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, I've been having that pretty much the last few games. I feel like I was kind of in and out of the out of the squad on the, off the bench. You know, in, in the starting team, I was kind of getting rotated, so I couldn't really find my rhythm. But yeah. after this World Cup break, I kind of just set myself a target and being like, look, I've got to get those goals and assists for this second half of the year. And I think, you know, if I keep getting these these stats every game, you know, maybe that will maybe at least push me into the line of recognition. I feel like obviously I haven't really been looked at since I've been over here during the Ange era. Um, yep. And and that was quite funny to obviously see now that Ange is over here in the J League. Yeah, well, so yeah, yeah, for sure. It, for sure. It's been a... It's been funny to think, you know, he hasn't been watching me while I've been playing in Japan, and then now he's over here coaching. Yeah, and you're playing, yeah, for sure. Well, I guess it's, um, I guess it must be a real positive knowing that, you know, well, like you, like you've said, you know, you've gone through four coaches now in four years. But in terms of the national team, I guess when a new coach comes in, it's a clean slate. Uh, so you know, everyone's on notice essentially. Uh, so like like you said, I'm sure it's, you know, if you keep doing those things, it's only you'd hope only a matter of time. Um, but you know, before I get the call from, I kind of like obviously, like yeah, like you said, you know, the, per, you, the player is usually the own harshest critic, which I am, and uh, I definitely, um, I definitely believe I have obviously a lot more that I can do over here with the with the goals and assist sides of things. Um, but I was, I was kind of thinking, you know, I, I thought I might have been looked at just for playing such regular football in a in a decent league. Um, you know, because yep. not not many players have done that over here in the J League because it's such a tough league to kind of survive in. Um, so I was I was hoping I, I, you know, I got to, I got to the point of like my I think it was my th- like last year I was thinking I might be a chance of like a camp just to yep. kind of look that. But um, like I said, I'm now I'll focus on on getting these stats. Like you said, with Graham Arnold coming in, he also knows me back in the from the yeah, of course, of course, of course. 
hopefully he kind of casts his net out out towards this way, and and hopefully kind of at least just what at least watches what I'm doing. Um, yeah, I feel like if you kind of just looking at players and, and hearing about you know if they're getting goals and assists because you know it's it's obviously important to get that but it's not purely just about that if I'm playing regular football every week in week out I'm, I'm clearly doing something right on the pitch as well and I'm helping the team so hopefully he can kind of watch my performances and, and, and maybe see that I can bring something to the team yeah definitely mate definitely no for sure yeah. for sure well, look, I'll, um, Ollie's got, I know Oliver has one more. The last, uh, the last fan question. So I'll, I'll leave you with that, mate. Yeah, Mitch, we had a, we had an entry from, um, from Andrew Kane. Um, I guess he was, he wants to know what, what do moves like Iniesta do for the J League, and, and how can we model off, off that here in Australia? Oh, it's, it's, it's massive. Uh, at the moment, we've currently got Adolski, Iniesta, and Torres over here in the J League now. Um, yeah, well. It's been, it's been a massive, massive turnaround for the J League. I feel like. Uh, as recognition-wise, you know, uh, I don't know if you've seen the goal, but Iniesta scored an absolute... Yeah, I did see it. Yeah, I woke up to it this morning, that was disgusting. Yeah, it was disgusting. It's And this is what these kind of players can bring to the league. You know, I've already noticed that this goal from Iniesta has gone viral all around the world. And, you know, that's what that's what, what these guy, kinds of players can do for the league. Um, you mm. know, and get that recognition from all around the world. Um, you know, just with that kind of quality he brings is just it's just another level and uh, you know it's, it's such a pleasure to see and you know something for the Japanese players to obviously learn off and you know brings crowds and you know gets that attention and for the A-League to kind of emulate off that I think uh, you know it's, it's, it's tough because it's the money situation as well you know we're not we haven't got the money that the J-League has got yeah so that's right it, it's really hard to kind of you know you know, to, to kind of match it in the in the in the uh, the money side of things is, is quite difficult. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, they made some good waves in in the signing of of Keisuke Hondo, one of Japan's own as well. So hopefully, you know, we see more of that to come. And 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 you know, it'll be it'll be a very interesting come the the Asian Champions League when these two teams you know come up against each other and and see the you know how far each league has come. Yeah, definitely. I think that, that that was an amazing signing for Melbourne Victory, and I'm glad to see that the A League and, and the FFA and all that throw money in into him coming to the A League because these kinds of players are important yeah, that's right. for the league. You know, like I said, you know, th- he brings and also a massive fan base from Japan. You know, he, he'll get he'll get a lot of people over here in Japan watching the A League now as well. Yeah, that's you know, right. Because, that's right. Just because of his name and just his his stature, so. That, that's massive, and I was also happy to see that. And you know, it's good to the, the fact that you know Melbourne Victory is paying a part of his salary, and the FFA is also throwing in money as well. So yeah, no, you know, yeah, you're, that's you're what right. we kind of need to do. We all need to work together, you know, because the, the money side of things we need to come together with and, and bring these kinds of players. And you know, they bring crowds, they bring you know their their, their massive following with them. So it's just it's so important to grow the league in this way. Yeah, that's right. No, we we fully agree here. So hope to see hope to see more of the same. Well, look, I think I think that's that's it for time from us. You know, you've covered everything beautifully. You've done more than we we could ask for, Mitch. So we really appreciate you coming on. Um, and you know, maybe hopefully sometime in the new future we'll have you on again. So we we wish you all the best for the season to come. Um, keep doing what you're doing, and um, thank you again. Thanks heaps. Yeah, cheers, mate. Been a pleasure. All right, thanks, Mitch. Take care. Thank you. See you, mate. Cheers. Bye.